All right, guys, the word of the day is, this, this should be a good one, social distancing. This is one of those words that's been pretty popular recently with the whole COVID-19 yeah. situation. When I visit my sister or visit my parents, whether I'm dropping something off for them or buying something, buying some groceries for them, then I just say hi through the window, keep my six feet distance, like hi. With all this uncertainty, all this negativity, we wanted to focus more on positivity. We are starting a GoFundMe, supporting the Share Our Strength No Kid Hungry campaign. So if you guys want to help us, it would mean a lot to us. We have a link for the GoFundMe. Please donate what you can. And Annie designed new six feet away merch. Starting today to the end of April, April 30th, 100% of the profit is going to be going towards Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign. Thank you guys very much for your support and uh, stay safe, but also don't forget to stay ridiculous. Thank you. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Help us feed hungry kids. Okay. We're live in three, two, one, action. It's the Jeff and Annie and James Redonculus show. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome to the Redonculus Podcast. This is season two, episode nine. And of course, uh, this is Jeff, and you're hanging out with Annie and James. Guys, say what's up. Hello. Hello, guys. All right, so today we have a very special episode. We <laughs> are joined by Mr. John Doe. He is uh, actively working in law enforcement. We're not going to really tell you who he is be, uh, for privacy reasons, but we're going to be talking about police work, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. We're going to be talking about it today. But before we get to that, let's plug our socials. Please subscribe to us on Redonkless Podcast. We are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Don't forget to check out our blog, redonkless.home.blog. And we are on Teespring if you want to buy some merch. So without further ado... Uh, let's welcome Mr. John Doe to the show. What's happening? Hi, John. Welcome. welcome. John Doe. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. This is so funny because we're actually going to be recording the video and I see your name over here. That is messing horrible. with me because I have to call you John, even though that's not your name. My last name is Doe. My first name is John. That's who I am. I'm sticking with it and you can't prove otherwise. <laughs> All right, Mr. John Doe. I always like telling people the, the funny story of how we met. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and also like how we met? Sure. So I started dating this uh, mysterious Jane Doe for a few months. <laughs> and uh, the day we said, hey, you want to be boyfriend, girlfriend? I'm like, sure, this is high school. That's pretty cool. She's like, great, because I have a wedding I want you to come to. This is uh, Jeff and Annie. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's go to your wedding. She's like, oh, by the way, hopefully you're not going to be nervous because I'm a bridesmaid and you're pretty much going to be left alone throughout the whole wedding. And I said, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to the wedding and not know anybody. That's no problem. And so it was your wedding day, right? I show up and it was like Fox Hollow or Crest Hollow, one or the other, dual wedding. So it's two weddings going on at the same time, which is no big deal because the venue is huge. And I walk in and I'm like, go figure. Two Asian weddings at once. How do I know which one I'm going to? 
you know, I'm thinking, all right, maybe there's a white wedding and a Chinese one. I'll go to the Chinese one. Of course, my luck has it. It's a two Chinese wedding. And I see this fine Asian man in a suit walk up to me. And I go, hey, man, I'm here for Jeff's wedding. Would you happen to know where that is? <laughs> Jeff extends his hand and goes, hey, bro, I think you're here for my wedding. Let me show you. I'm like, oh, man, this is so awkward. <laughs> uh, the night before that, we were, if you remember, we were doing, we had like a dance rehearsal type thing. So the bridal party was there in a parking lot. And I remember meeting you there, but it was so dark that night. So dark, so sketchy, so sketchy. And this guy just pulls sketch. up uh, in the middle of the night while we're dancing. We're like, who the heck's that? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. Listen, you guys know how to throw a good party. Thank you. All right, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, cool. Uh, I'll keep it brief and simple depending on how elaborate you want it, but I'll keep it brief until you guys have questions. Active law enforcement uh, over seven years, so it's a little bit of time. Uh, previously military for over nine years. And before I became law enforcement, I was actually like an IT nerd. I like to work on computers and everything like that. And everything just changed at a, you know, a little switch. And here I am. Wow. We never, I never asked you about that. So do you have a fascination in IT? Do you still follow the scene or? No, no, that's too much. I'm like an old man. I, I didn't even know what podcast <laughs> was until I saw you guys. <laughs> well, anyway, you're going to learn today. And, uh, you know, we're very happy to have you on. Awesome. Likewise, man. Okay. So the word of the day is, let me see if I go, I'm messing this up. Rectitudinous. It's an adjective. Rectitudinous. Rectitudinous. Mm -hmm. It's fun to say. It's an adjective. It's characterized by the quality of being honest and morally correct. The senatorial candidate's supporters insist that he, he is possessed of a rectitudinous character and a spotless record. Now, for the fun nice. part, you guys have to try and uh, spell it out. I want to say, I want to say, it even starts an R. Does it even start with an R? Can I get a hint? It starts with an R. <laughs> Come on, Mister IT Nerd, let's go. Uh, rectitudus. R E C T E C T U O L O U S. Not bad, but sorry to say, you're not going to be winning any spelling nah. bees. <laughs> uh, can you say it one more, t one more time? Rectitudinous. Can, can I take a shot? Yeah, go for it. R-E-C-T-I. Rectitudinous. So close. Oh, All right. man. Okay. Uh, rectitudinous. R E C T A T U T O N E S S. No. Yeah, Annie was the closest. So let me spell it out for you guys. It's R E C T I T. That's the fun part to say. U D. I-N-O-U-S. Rectitudinous. Yeah. Uh, All right. So that's the word of the day. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. We're going to be talking about police encounters. And then uh, uh, John can weigh in on his point of view. Very cool. Yeah. So I was making a delivery to a hotel, but it's kind of in a rush. So, you know, there's this left turn I always make to go to the hotel. And, you know, I usually like time it where... As soon as it turns green, you know, I'm already on the gas going left, but kind of mistimed it. And I went uh, like a second too early. So I technically ran the red. Police pulls me over and he, they write me a ticket for illegal left turn, not giving the right of way, 
to the opposite side and crossing the i don't know what you call that um the crosswalk crosswalk right before it was green <laughs> so, oh man so uh, you know they're telling me all this and then like oh you have a you have a black frame on your plate that you're not supposed to have oh man just, like on and on and on and i'm like oh, oh God, man is, how did you piss this guy off <laughs> this is gonna be painful and then uh and wait just just before you finish the story uh-huh. you make this left turn left turn all the time right and nothing's happened before yeah you know i make that left turn daily and usually i'm pretty good at timing but this one time i was in a rush and you know i was a little early and the cop holds me over and he tells me all all of these things that i did wrong i'm like damn i'm sorry officer <laughs> what, what happened again and then he's like, okay, I'm just going to write you one ticket for making a legal left. So, but when he wrote the ticket on the ticket, it said that I ran a stop sign instead of a red light. It's like, oh, I made a mistake on the ticket. So I'm going to rewrite the ticket and then give it to you. And then mm-hmm. so I wait like five minutes. I don't know why it takes so long to write a ticket. I guess all the information they had to put down, but mm-hmm. Anyway, five minutes later, he comes back. He's like, hey, our printer's not working, um, so you're free to go. I'm like, oh, shit, wow, my lucky day. So is that is that right? Like, uh, if they can't write you a ticket on the spot, you get away with it? All right, so I'll weigh in on this a little bit. So obviously, anything I say or tell you today, whether you take it as advice or opinion, is strictly from my personal perspective. It's not a perspective of anybody else. I can give you theoretical explanations of why people do what they do. Uh, in that case, yeah, I mean, listen, the guy wrote you a stop sign ticket and there's clearly no stop signs in like 2nd Avenue and 1st Street where you made a left. You can clearly articulate that at court, you know, fight it and it'll get dismissed because there's no stop sign. So did you receive no. any tickets in the mail? Mm-hmm. No, no oh. tickets. Oh, so you lucked out. That's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so listen, I mean, obviously in this situation, you're courteous and respectful of that probably pretty much a weighed in on whether the cop could give you a ticket or not give you a ticket. So since you're a nice guy, the cop weighed in on, on the, uh, on the end where he rather not give you one, you know, but if he really didn't like you for whatever reason, you pissed him <laughs> off. Theoretically, he can just mail you the ticket to your house in your residence. Um, oh, you really did look out. You With looked out, day. dude. Yeah. So it wasn't about the printer, printer malfunction mm-hmm. and he can't give you a happened. ticket. That happens. That does happen. You know, technology printers do fail. Computers fail. I could be on this mm-hmm. podcast right now and we can all cut off. It happens, you know? <laughs> you know what, James, I got to say, you know, if this was now, if it happened to you right now after this whole coronavirus stuff, yo, you would have gotten multiple tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have been like, you know what? Where'd you come from? See you later. <laughs> oh, that's true, too. Can you imagine getting pulled over and you're just like, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, officer. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not feeling too well. Oh, to be honest, if that were me, I would send you straight to the hospital and say, see you later. Have a good day. Just <laughs> that, that actually leads me to my first question, John Doe. Today, I get pulled over. You get pulled over by a cop what is the most appropriate way to act and a follow-up question can you get out of uh, a ticket question one part one i guess uh proper way to act when you walk up to law enforcement or when law enforcement walks up to you whether you're on the sunset parkway driving uh up the i-95 up the state of new york or any other state when you're doing law enforcement you get stopped obviously realize you're getting stopped with the blinking red and blue lights behind you right you turn your hazards on 
Whatever you do, do not stop in the left lane of traffic. Always pull to the right side of the shoulder. People don't notice, apparently. Like, when you get stopped, you don't stop in the left turning lane. Like, you safely turn your hazard lights on or your signal, and you shift to the right as far as you can. Because it's dangerous for you and the cop walking up to the car if you're in the left turning lane. And people do yeah. it all the time. So when you're there safely, everyone knows the cop's going to ask you for your license, registration, and insurance paperwork. It's going to happen. Uh, before they do, make sure your windows are all rolled down, your hands are on the steering wheel. If you can shut off your car, do so, and definitely turn off the radio. You know, I don't want to be walking up to a car where the radio's blasting, like, F the cops and stuff like that. <laughs> so F the police. Oh, it happens all the time. Certain, <laughs> certain neighborhoods, it's just some people don't like cops. Listen, that's the atmosphere we got to get used to, you know, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, pull all the way to the right-hand side of the road, hands on the steering wheel, and you will be guided to provide your license, uh, registration, and insurance paperwork. And as far as getting out of tickets, the word I was looking for before was discretion. It's all mm. discretion, you know. You get stopped – for a traffic violation. It could be for speeding, uh, making a left turn at a red light, stop signs, or having a loud muffler. All things are, you know, violations in New York State. And to get out of ticket, my best advice for the cop with discretion is just be nice. Be nice and be respectful. Just understand they have a job to do and it's never anything personal. They're not targeting you because you know, James, I didn't like the way you smelled in a supermarket early days. So I am going to stop you and write you a freaking ticket, you know? And nothing is ever personal. And some people take it personal, and that's when the cop's discretion user leans towards issuing them a ticket rather than let him go with a warning. Now that Not you're really. saying that, I came up with two stories of my past encounters with police, and I'm not proud of it. I'll okay. tell one. I'll tell one of them on air. <laughs> Going off what you said, I definitely took it personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was on the Bell Parkway on the way to work, and I just got out of rush hour traffic. So, you know, traffic started loosening up, and then I was going. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. And I was fidgeting with my phone. I can't Pokemon even. Pokemon Go. I got pulled over for that. And I was so rude to the police officer he gives me the ticket and i was leaving you know i yell out good luck meeting your quota this month <laughs> oh my god two weeks later i got the ticket in, in the mail i was just like damn yeah. i'm such oh, an idiot shit. <laughs> my head. so just to jump in with that real quick chime in with that people act horribly all the time when i work with them and i encounter them right and i i tell people all the time listen i'm like a customer service based individual going to a restaurant and cursing at your server. You will never give them bad service. I mean, you know yeah, people happen. do it. <laughs> people yeah. do that, yeah. People do, but you know what you're going to get, though. You know what you end up going to get, you know? you know. Yeah, you might get some uh, unwanted your stuff inside. Yeah. Exactly. So if you give, you know, if you're not respectful to the officer, guess what you're going to get? Bad service in return. So <laughs> this was when I had my permit and I was in my teens. And I was driving somebody else's car to pick somebody up. I was kind of nervous because I've never driven like outside on my own. Like somebody was next to me, but it wasn't my car. And then all of a sudden I, I hear like this little police car driving next to me. And he's like, pull over. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> my heart was racing. I was just like, yeah. my face just turned beet red. And I was like, uh, is something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, your light's not on. I was like, oh, okay, got it. And Thanks, I was fidgeting. Bye. I was like, where's the lights? Where's the lights? <laughs> and my friend's like, right there, right there. Like, okay, got it. Thank you. Imagine getting pulled over by a cop in in the small car. Smart cars. Is that a punishment? Like why do why do some <laughs> why do some cops have that? Those look cool, but I have no no answer for that to be honest. Yeah, I don't know why they're in them. If they're it's a punishment, if they request them <laughs> because they want to be eco-friendly or you know, you know, plant friendly. I have no idea. I mean it's a cool little car. I just I wouldn't want to be in one when an accident happens, you know. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. First of all, that's Mission Impossible. <laughs> what is the worst scenario you've ever been in and were you scared for your life? I get a call and it's called a, a domestic call. So it's usually like a family member fighting family member, whether Ooh. it's husband and wife. I just got uh, chills. <laughs> brother and daughter, daughter and mother, something like that. So I receive a domestic call for a husband that just stabbed a wife all right so right wow. off the bat sounds like something in the movies and sounds like something straight out of cops right oh shit i get there what? and there's a cop already there and i'm like what's up man you going to the house yet he's like no he's like the door's closed you know and uh he's like i don't know who else is in there i'm like well let's go you know we just got a call for someone who just stabbed the wife in there i open the door and i see a family to my right so you walk in there's a foyer to the right and this is I could pretty much picture everything as if it happened like yesterday to the right. And there's a whole family there with a grandma, mom, and two kids. And there's blood on the floor. And I'm like, mom, you okay? She's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Is the family here? Where's the bad guy? You know, like, where's the husband? Somewhere in there. And down the hallway is like three to four bedroom doors all closed with the blood trail. Mm. Right? And I'm like, okay, but everyone else is here though, right? Yes, everyone else is here. No problem. I take the lead. My partner's behind me or the other cop that responds to scenes behind me. And we're the first cops on scene. I open door one, boom, nothing. Door two, nothing. Whole time my gun is out, ready to shoot because this guy's got a knife, I see a blood trail. I don't know what this guy's thinking. Third door that pops open, somebody jumps in front of my gun. Ends up being like a five-year-old kid that no one told me was inside the house though. It took like a snap second to like freeze and make sure like I didn't pull the trigger, didn't hit this kid nothing or didn't make sure like dad wasn't hiding behind the door and i was like holy crap and i'm like i could have pulled the trigger on this poor kid because the blood trail led into that room and there was supposed to be no one else except dad with a knife in here dad was no longer there dad jumped out the window and took off and gone in the wind why or, didn't they tell you there was a kid i i think it's more of shock you know we responded there relatively quick from one to nine one call placed out and mom just didn't know i i, I I couldn't get an explanation. Mom just didn't know. So to this day, I'm like, man, things could have went real bad, real quick, and my whole life would have changed at that one split second. It's really weird to say because that will never happen to anyone else's job, you know? If I work in a supermarket, if I break a glass of wine, you know, my life is in room for the rest of my life. Yeah. That moment right there, if I pulled the trigger, my life would have been ruined, you know, and someone else's life would have been ruined, you know? So that by far is scariest but not in a sense of like boogeyman you know attacking me type of scary well, you know thank, right, thank right. god that nothing happened there are cops just like any other profession out there just like you said supermarket uh, working in the liquor wine store 
But there are cops who are not good at their jobs. Either mm -hmm. they don't care or they're in just for, you know, uh, the good pension or whatnot. You really need to be like mentally fit, right? Number one. Oh, yeah. Number two, you need to be able to make snap uh, judgments and they need to be good. Because if you mess up, you could have killed a kid just like in this mm -hmm. scenario. Is there anything being done to kind of... Um, regulate that you know like weed out the the cops who really don't give a f or uh who are not even should not be wearing a badge and and, and a gun well i can't say that for certain um but they do have a, a a big and like serious vetting service uh before you even get onto the so-called job you know uh to get a job you have to go through applicant investigations where they investigate your whole background you do you visit psychologists and psychi uh, psychiatrists to make sure you're mentally fit then there's health screenings, criminal background checks. And then on top of that, you have to proceed to like a six months long state um, curriculum as a police academy before you get onto the job. So technically, once you do that, you're in the system. Whether you're gonna be you know, a super cop afterwards or you're just gonna be the nine to five guy, it's pretty much up to them. You know? And you really can't kick anyone out if they don't wanna do anything beyond nine to five. Because although it's asked of you, it's not, mandatory you well, know what's your view on the police dash cams because i know some officers are for it and some are against it for the most part it's going to benefit police officers personally and this is personally speaking you know this is i have no opinion for anybody else that's on the job personally i think it's it would be a good thing because a majority and a huge majority because there are bad apples anywhere you work majority of the police officers are doing the job the way you're supposed to and it's going to capture our side of story instead of someone else's uh, side of story where the camera just turned on the moment something bad happens, but didn't have the moments that occurred beforehand, you know? It's, it's a good so, idea for both sides because then, you know, like you said, it wouldn't turn into a he said, she said type of situation. Right, exactly. Like, hypothetically speaking, like, say I'm chasing a car and, you know, I don't have a dash cam. And next thing you see is, you know, a law enforcement officer shooting a guy dead. But you don't see the part where the you guy don't, you don't get the initially. context. Yeah, you don't, you don't have get the context. context. Yeah, you don't have the guy where he's pointing a gun through his rearview uh, window back at you while you're chasing him the whole time. You know, all you get is that 10 second video of someone caught. Well, have you fired your weapon before? Uh, so like like my handgun, right? Yes. No, never, never have. Um, and hopefully, to be honest with you, probably never in my career would I want to, because if it if you do, it's it's not good. You know, it's not. So good. you you've pulled it out before, but you've just never had to use it. Correct. Yep. So I pulled it out numerous times, you know, because I've been put in some bad positions, uh, just like the scenario I just mentioned earlier with the domestic. Um, but I never had to use it. And hopefully, knock on wood, I'll never have to in my career. So you changed you his know. name to John Doe. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> and John Doe, I told you. Yeah, we can let's go back do, to it. Yeah, let's do two truths, one lie, and then get back. Two truths, one lie. Two truths, one lie. I've got three stolen car stories for you. All right. Three stolen car. Obviously, two of them are true stories regarding stolen cars. All right. That I've been personally um, been involved in. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, first one, straight up Grand Theft Auto, like straight up out of, out of the freaking movies and games. Okay. Guy in a stolen car gets stopped by police. Police run the plate, realize it's stolen. The guy goes, oh, shit. They know it's stolen. He's waiting for backup before it comes here. The guy takes off cop chases him cop loses him for briefly the guy crashes into a house right wow 
cop sees this. The guy bails on foot because he's like, holy crap, it's a stolen car. The guy jumps onto, I think, like the Southern State Parkway or something, sees a tow truck helping someone out, hops in a tow truck, steals the tow truck. And I'm talking about like a flatbed tow truck wow. and drives away and races away, drives all the way to the city and ends up getting caught by uh, the NYPD out there with like canine and everything else. This guy like played bumper cars at a tow truck in the city. So, so it really is like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I didn't personally catch the guy. My partner and I were um, in pursuit of the guy, right, like the car right behind him chasing him because we found him like in a back street somewhere at one point. Wasted. So we, so we had him, yeah. <laughs> so that's the first stolen car story I have. Uh, the second one was my partner and I were driving uh, through bad areas typically when you see a stolen car. We chase him, all right? We're chasing him. It's dark out. I've only worked nights throughout my whole career, over seven years. We're chasing him. We lose him briefly. And then we're like, holy shit, that's a stolen car we just had. We jump out, no driver in the car, just someone in the back seat. The guy goes, yeah, bro, I, I wasn't driving the car. The guy, the guy who was driving just ran away. And we didn't know who was driving the car, blacked out windows. So we ended up just saying, all right, I guess we just have a stolen car, right? I didn't see who was driving, so I can't really charge you with it. So see you later, bro. You didn't, like, you didn't question the guy in the back seat? He said he wasn't driving. His friend just picked him up and he just took off and he ran away. He's like, I just stay put because I'm, I'm innocent. I don't know why, why he'd be running. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what the hell he had, you know, maybe a gun or drugs. So what, if like, it was, what if it was him? <laughs> well, it could be, but think about it. You know, that's me understand saying, oh yeah, I, I witnessed him driving, you know, but it was, I, I work at night. Yeah. Blacked out limo tinted windows. I can't definitively say this was a guy driving, right? Because what happens if he wasn't driving? And I say there was. That's really bad. That's how you get perjury on the stand, you know? Yeah. So that's stolen car story number mm. two. Uh, third story with stolen car. I'm driving in a bad neighborhood again, my partner and I, driving a my car. You drive in a lot of bad neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just kind of stay a tour there for, you know, crime reasons, you know? Um, and then we see these two young kids for just some reason just don't look old enough to drive and they're looking at us and on the, on the rear dash, I'm, I see real quick. I'm like, why does this guy have so many license plates back there? Hmm. And what's on the back of his bumper? No license plate. <laughs> what happens? Off to the races. It's a, it's a newer car too. It's like a new like Toyota or a Hyundai, whatever it was. It takes off. He jumps out of the car while it's moving. I end up hitting him and he bounces back oh, into the car. Like it's freaking like, what's that game you play with the, the ping pong? No, the... Pinball machine. And he bounced back in the car and he keeps driving. He hits like a fence and he takes off on foot. And I'm in my car still. My partner jumps out of the car, tries to chase him. And then I drive into the middle of a field, like almost like a football field, but it's pitch black. And I lose the guy. I'm like, what the hell is this guy? My partner goes, oh, I got him in custody. Great. I go to my partner. I'm like, oh, Austin, you got him. My partner goes, did you get the other guy? And I'm like, what other guy? He goes, the driver. I'm like, I thought there was only one guy in the car. He goes, no, nah, this other guy was sleeping. He jumped out of the passenger side. That's why I chased him. He's like, I thought you had the driver. I'm like, no, I thought you got the driver. <laughs> and then fast forward ends up being the guy who's sleeping was the guy who actually stole the car. We never found the driver, unfortunately, or at least that I know of. In this scenario, can the guy driving uh -huh. the car be in trouble also, even though he didn't steal it himself? Well, yeah, he's charging with the... Um, like I said, hypothetically, you could charge him with uh, possession of stolen property. You know, a lot of times you have to be aware that you're stealing the car to be really be charged with a crime. 
very silly the way the, the law is written. So if you don't know it's stolen, they can't really charge you. It's still in the car. It's very silly. That's my three I, stories. I feel like the second one is not as extreme. So I feel like that might be the lie. I'm kind of leaning towards number two as well. I'm kind of leaning towards number one. So he stole a, he stole a, what, what, what kind of car was it again at a, the end? On the, a flatbed tow truck. A tow truck. And he just straight playing. out of Grand Theft Auto. It sounds like it's a lie to you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of property damage. So I got two for two and one for one. So what neighborhood did these take place in? Oh, they're all sporadic. Uh, oh. Actually, I can't say because then I'll reveal where I work. So oh, <laughs> but they're all okay, bad okay, neighborhoods. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, but he did say Southern State Parkway. So you know it's the around there. <laughs> and he also said a bad neighborhood. So just narrow it down. <laughs> no one do research, okay? Everyone stay put where you are. Don't do any research, okay? <laughs> I think it's number two because that's just weird. Yeah, like it, he just like left, and then you, and then there was like somebody in the back seat. It's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, but what do you think? Or the suspect, if he knows the ins and outs of law enforcement, and he knows that you know the windows tinted and they didn't see his face. Next time I get pulled over, I gotta jump in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> and tint your windows. That's it. It's the way. Skate by. Yeah, and then as far as the police car chase, yo, there's just too many cars in New York. And if it was a chase like that, I think we'll see like helicopters. And he then... works overnight shift. So mm. there's not oh, as, as many cars. That, that's a good point. Hmm. I think we'll see it in the news, though. You know, oh, today and night, you know, there was a police <laughs> car chase and a helicopter. Maybe it then... was on the news. We just didn't know. Maybe uh, there, there was that, a helicopter chase. That, that's a good point, too. Was there? Was there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was. There was a news uh, helicopters. Because, like, stuff like this happens all the time in uh, California, I think. Yeah, it does, actually. Just... LAPD. Yeah, and then they're LAPD. always doing, you know, <laughs> that they always have it all the time. That's like straight up cops right there. That's like straight up in the movies right there because they have access right. to it. It's crazy. Do you you still gonna go with number one, James? Yes, number one. All right, was it? of truth. All right, number three is a true story. Playing pinball with a guy in a car, we jumped that moving car. That's a true story. So you all right about that? Nice. Yes. All right, but unfortunately. The one that sounds like a movie, that's actually a true story. And number yes, two yes. is a lie. What? Yeah. So, wow. but number two, though, believe it or not, number two, where the guy jumped in the backseat and pretended he knew nothing happened, that happens more often than not. Never had one with a stolen car personally. I've had like a 300 pound man one time try to switch seats with his daughter in the front passenger seat as soon as I stopped him <laughs> to say he wasn't driving because his license was uh, uh, suspended or revoked. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? No, 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 no. She was driving. She was driving. <laughs> Guy, I saw you driving. I'm like, how are you going to switch seats? I'm like, you're 300 pounds. Come on, man. Uh, she was like late teens or something like that, like 18 with a license or something. But he tried switching seats. He's like 300 pounds. And it's, you can't. It physically can't. <laughs> this guy was like stuck in between. It's like, he's like, she's like, he goes, she was driving. She was driving. I just switched seats real quick. I'm like, okay, guy, I saw you driving. You don't have to make that up. Um, and James, yeah, that story did happen, man. Um, did hit the news. Uh, uh, oh, several, several years ago, there was a helicopter chase. Uh, it was late night, so there was no cars on the road. And that's why I, 
it led mm. all the as far as it did. Was uh, it on the news? It, it was on the news, yeah. I think it was a brief thing because nothing, it was, it sounded like out of Grand Theft Auto, but really nothing crazy. Like no one got seriously hurt, so it didn't really stay in the news long. It was just like a, a little blip in the news. I feel bad but, for the guy. He didn't put in the cheat codes, you know, unlimited money, unlimited cars. Yeah, this, this guy literally, he, guns. He, he, like I saw uh, the, the tow truck just flying past us in this neighborhood because we lost a car at one point. They lost a the car. I don't know how they lost a the car. Uh, but the tow truck driver had GPS on a car. So the company was able to say, hey, listen, it's driving down the street right now. And it's me and my partner. And I go, hey, man, I think it's coming down towards us. Ooh, big tow truck flying right past it. I'm like, yeah, there it is, man. Let's get him. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like he stole two separate different vehicles. He jumps out, sees a tow truck and steals that. Steals that a tow truck. I don't even know how to drive a tow truck. This guy stole a tow truck. Close one, James. Close one. Well, we got Very it right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Sorry, I don't have any prizes though. I don't. Really <laughs> no, yeah. I'll, buy guys. I'll buy you guys food. A big part of your job is letting go of fear because you have to put other people's lives before yours. But what is actually your biggest fear? I mean, I got creeped out one day when I walked into the house and a late, an uh, old lady in a dark, big house tells me to close the doors. The squirrel's going to attack us. You know, I mean, I was scared of that. Um, oh, so I guess in all essence, my fear is really not really if so dying my fear is really so getting hurt to the point where i can't do my job anymore where i can't uh, help people anymore and nor can i help uh, support my family like financially anymore because i can't work so that's more so my fear so i've kind of like maybe with age I've, I've come to um limit myself on the crazy activities i do now so i don't get hurt like i used to like snowboarding and it's still fun but I don't want a chance breaking my leg because I've gotten hurt before and not being able to work anymore. Now I can't support my family and now I'm just kind of just bumming at home, you know? What made you want to become a police officer in the beginning? To be honest, uh, military. Because I was in IT through school. I was IT certified, like whatever, computer certified to um, go throughout the state and fix computers, license and everything. And then I did a drastic change to the military and I was like, wow, I like working in a team. I, I like staying physically fit you know i like just helping people and i said well i can't do that in the it field so let me check this out and you know i started looking into the job and i said you know what i think i can make a career out of it i think i would like that you know i'm always on my feet you know and i can help people out and work in a team uh, team environment so that's what uh made me go towards uh, law enforcement i think a lot of it goes for a lot of military people i guess too which force did you serve in in the military I guess we are giving my secret away as James Bond. Uh, I, was in, I was in the Marine Corps. The funny thing is him and his significant other calls us maybe like an hour and a half ago and goes, hey, uh, we're going to come over now to record the podcast. <laughs> I was like, wait, tonight? <laughs> oh, no, no. So she specifically said this. I'm walking through the, uh, the good old Asian parts and my significant other goes, hey, Annie, you mind if I bring my dog? And he goes... <laughs> to where and my so goes to your house tonight she's like for what for the podcast we're, we're in the neighborhood we're gonna meet you guys at six o'clock for your podcast right can i bring uh can i bring my dog over and she goes oh no you you log in and you you know use the app and, and then we do podcasts i'm like oh my god i'm so out of this i am so old maybe i should have read the instructions before i did anything today as far as i know you know like the uh, the new york mafia stuff like that that does not exist anymore right 
uh, me for I don't know personally, yeah. but I think it does. Yeah, a hundred percent think it does. I mean, they still have um, trials of guys who are part of, like of the Gambino family and this family and that family. I mean, they still exist. As far as what they really do, you know, illegally, I don't know. There's a lot of TV TV shows out there about police and detectives, like you know, CIS, NCIS, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Law and Order, The Wire. Um, oh, how- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, The Wire was a uh, pretty intense. TV. You watched The Wire, James? Yes, I watched it. I heard it's pretty so good. Surprised. Chicago PD is is uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, so interesting. Um, so, how accurate are these TV shows? For instance, CSI. Oh my God, I got video surveillance of somebody of committing a crime, right? <laughs> but it's pixelated. I can't click on this and depixelate it and make it like some HD picture of this guy and say oh my god it's uh it's it's a mass murderer i know who he is mr jerry jones you know like it doesn't happen that way yeah so a lot of stuff it it can happen it just takes time it doesn't happen in a fashion it does you know i've looked at a lot of spams videos it's pixelated i look like mario you know you can have a clear shot of the guy's face but because it's so far away You'll never know who he is. Some of these cops look cool on TV, you know, like, yeah, I'm just going to wear my gun this way and my shield this way. Not really proactive as a real cop. I mean, it just looks cool. You guys hosted us twice, and every time that I, we've left your place, we were just like, oh, my God, that was so, that was so cool. Well, you know, <laughs> it's easy to host when everyone's having a good time, you know. We don't have to do much, you know. Literally, all I provide is a space. Like, I host a free venue. And everyone just comes and relaxes and we just shoot the shit, you know? You know what? The last time I was there, I was doing 75 hard, so I wasn't drinking. And I already failed that, so <laughs> I'm coming over again. <laughs> of course, of course. We have plenty of guest bedroom space, you know, uh, and couch space. And, you know, if you want to share, we'll share rooms. That's okay. Thank you, John, though. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the show. We're, ve- we're looking forward to uh, the new James Bond movie with you in it uh, this coming year. So <laughs> yeah, can't wait My for pleasure. That. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Before we go, I just want to close out the show. Again, uh, check us out on YouTube, Redonka's Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. And don't forget, stay redonkulous.